Currently, TikTok's future is unknown, and unbelievably, that means far more than a bunch of Gen Z heartthrobs losing the platform they use to post their uh, talents, I think, again? Yeah, okay, talents, talents, yes. But regardless of your thoughts on the content, you must acknowledge the significance to TikTok becoming the go-to social media hub for original short-form video. The app has cultivated a massive community, and as the platform's future looks uncertain, the tech industry is foaming at the mouth with this current opportunity to become the next TikTok. But why do most see Facebook's Instagram as the competitor best poised to take the short-form video throne? Which platform, if any, will be stealing TikTok's user base? All of this and more will be explored today on Tube Circuit. I'm Dylan Harari. Here's the quickest, most oversimplified rundown of the TikTok situation. If you want a more in-depth look at the US TikTok conflict, listen to the first episode of my podcast titled Everyone's TikToking About It, which yes, is a name I am very proud of. TikTok's parent company, ByteDance, is based out of Beijing. China has an alleged history of colluding with their top tech companies in order to attain user data. There's no proof that this is happening with TikTok, but it's not a crazy thought due to the past actions of the Chinese Communist Party and the government's cozy relationship with Beijing-based tech. On TikTok's end, there have been instances of alleged suppression of the Hong Kong independence protests. While these are the justifications that the Trump administration is using to say that TikTok needs to cease operations in the United States, others think that this could have more to do with the growing concerns around the power and influence of Chinese-based tech, especially when they are in competition with the United States. Regardless, TikTok has 165 million plus downloads in the United States. In February of 2020, it was the most downloaded app in the US. The Trump administration said that TikTok's prevalence in the US is incredibly concerning, and they began flirting with the idea of banning the app. Well, this flirtation recently escalated, with the Trump administration saying that they will be essentially banning the app in the US if it's not sold from Beijing-based ByteDance to a US company. As I currently record this, it looks like Microsoft is poised to pay somewhere in the range of 30 to 50 billion dollars for TikTok. But for the past month and a half, and especially since Trump's announcement of a looming ban, the competitor apps to TikTok have seen their user bases increase. Moves are being made by platforms that already existed and had resemblance to TikTok, as well as existing social media apps that are looking to adopt TikTok's style. But one, Instagram Reels, is garnering the most chatter as they are more capable of any other app to dethrone TikTok. But before we explore the efforts to become the next TikTok by the social media giants like Instagram, it's important to have an understanding of the standalone short form video apps that are trying to steal TikTok's thunder. There are apps like Triller, created back in 2015, which allows users to create their own music videos to license songs. Angel investors include Snoop Dogg, The Weeknd, Marshmello, and more. While the app may resemble TikTok in many ways, looking at the download numbers tells a different story. TikTok has 189 million installs in the US, while Triller has 23 million installs. 
but they're pulling out all the stops in order to be the next short form video app. This has included moves that are impressively bold, such as hiring 18 year old top TikToker, Josh Richards as their new chief strategy officer. They also hired two other TikTok creators as advisors. These three TikTok stars have developed unique business skills evident with the amount of loyal followers they've been able to garner. And frankly, the three have probably sold more in last month's merch to their millions of adoring fans than I've made in my lifetime. And now they've become established ambassadors to the app. This is a move that reminds me of when Polaroid hired Lady Gaga to be their creative director. I have no doubts that business skills exist there, but this feels a tad bit more like a marketing play than a hiring an essential mind for our business play. Aside from Triller, Byte, a short form video app, has earned 1.2 million downloads over the past month, and Clash, an app that was created by the team of Vine, the OG TikTok, gained 200,000 US downloads since launch. If we're being honest, the only real sell for these latter two standalone TikTok competitor apps is, hey, I, I know you've been seeing headlines around TikTok being banned and knowing you haven't read all too deep into what this will entail, just download our app because we can be TikTok too. But far more important than the standalone TikTok-esque apps are the efforts being made by the biggest social media players in order to properly capitalize on TikTok's current US uncertainty. Mid-July, Snapchat began beta testing a vertical swiping method to go from video to video. This is a staple of TikTok's interface. And earlier this month, Snap came to a deal with Warner and Universal Music in order to license songs on Snapchat. This will allow Snap users to add music to their snaps the same way that people can add music to their TikToks. Meanwhile, at Google's YouTube, another top Gen Z platform, they reported as early as April that they're working on a competitor to TikTok called Shorts. But this was as early as April, meaning Google's YouTube started their TikTok copying strategy before the banning conversation had reached its current heights. They saw the climbing numbers for TikTok both globally and domestically and had their moment of, oh wow, we can't sleep on this. And they weren't the only ones who saw the early signs. Time to introduce Instagram Reels. Facebook is notorious for being, okay, let's see, how, how do I say this without it hurting my career down the line? Uh, notorious for being very, inspired, there you go, inspired by emerging social media platforms. Like, really, really inspired. It's quite beautiful, actually. And when Facebook caught wind of TikTok's global downloads and massive daily active user numbers, they got quickly inspired, and I mean quickly. Mere months after TikTok's parent company ByteDance merged with Musical.ly, a separate app of theirs, in order to make TikTok, Facebook quickly started development on a short form video app called Lasso. It was pretty much TikTok to a T. And as you've never heard of it, nor has most of the demographic that the app was trying to target, it shouldn't come as a surprise that it was killed off in early July. But was this Facebook saying, God, you know, let's just let TikTok be TikTok. We don't need to take their style. I mean, guys, we already have Instagram. Absolutely not. Facebook killed Lasso because no one was downloading it. But in between its launch and later demise, Facebook was hard at work on a TikTok copy safety net. 
This was Instagram Reels, which would be TikTok for all intents and purposes, but integrated into the Instagram app. Instagram says its users have been thirsting for this kind of content, as 45% of the videos uploaded to Instagram are 15 seconds or less. Instagram Reels was launched in late 2019 exclusively in Brazil, and it started to gain some traction there. But as TikTok started to gain massive momentum in Europe with 17 million monthly active users, Facebook proceeded to expand Reels to France and Germany. As TikTok got banned in India in late June, Facebook announced that they were expanding Instagram Reels to India a mere week later. At every turn, Facebook has been laser-focused on knocking TikTok down and stealing their momentum. Fast forward to August 5th, as tensions between the US and TikTok are dramatically rising and the app's future looks more and more uncertain. Facebook expands Instagram Reels to 50 countries, including the US. But one week prior to this launch, they started making much more brazen efforts to poach TikTok talent, such as offering money for TikTok creators to come to Reels. While it's reported that they are currently dulling out the most money for creators who will agree to be exclusive, they're also offering payment to creators who will agree to post on Reels first. Paying money for creators to be exclusive isn't necessarily a Facebook original strategy. Before the demise of Microsoft's Mixer, a competitive platform to Twitch, Microsoft paid top-tier Twitch talent to come exclusive to their platform. But there's something about this you have to love. Instead of going the Triller route of hiring creative strategists and advisors in order to get certain talent to promote their platform, Facebook is just offering cold, hard cash in order to have creators take their influence over to Instagram Reels. Money, plain and simple, they aren't trying to disguise their poaching efforts. And this is a huge move, as monetization on short-form social media apps has always been incredibly difficult. The TikTok before TikTok, aka Vine, fizzled out and eventually had to call it quits in large part due to the monetization issues. Creators were asking for money from the app in order to remain posting, and they refused. Those creators left for platforms like YouTube where they could monetize. TikTok, similarly, doesn't have a way for creators to monetize outside of the influencer using the TikTok platform in order to sell their merch or attract the attention of brands. TikTok responded to this by creating a $200 million creators fund, which quickly ballooned to a $1 billion fund, which will be doled out in full after 10 years. In addition, the company didn't hesitate to throw shade on Facebook for their efforts to steal the short-form video market from TikTok. The CEO of TikTok, Kevin Mayer, wrote in a blog post, To those who wish to launch competitive products, we say bring it on. But one thing is clear to anyone and everyone who has been active on social media in one way or another for the past, say, 8 to 10 years. Facebook has been inspired by other tech startups in the past. And this is something that Zuckerberg was recently grilled for during the tech hearings revolving antitrust laws in late July. In these hearings, the big question was, to what degree is Facebook trying to bulldoze their competition? It's easy to understand Facebook's ultimate strategy when we look at Mark Zuckerberg's fairly ominous prepared remarks for these hearings. Zuckerberg said, quote, 
I've long believed that the nature of our industry is that someday a product will replace Facebook. I want us to be the ones that build it, because if we don't, someone else will. But the framing of that statement makes it sound like Facebook's success stories are the result of late night brainstorming sessions and lightbulb moments, much like how Facebook was originally conceived. This has not been the case over the past few years. Rather, Facebook's most valuable properties are companies that they have acquired, such as Instagram for $1 billion, Oculus VR for $2 billion, and WhatsApp for a whopping $22 billion. Facebook has proven that their acquisitions will end up successful. Since WhatsApp's acquisition six years ago, the number of messages being sent on the platform has tripled. And while Facebook bought Instagram for $1 billion, they made $20 billion from Instagram ad revenue in 2019 alone. In order to understand Facebook's strategy to tackle TikTok, we need to highlight the two arts of tech that they have mastered. One, making smart acquisitions, and two, successfully adopting the best elements from other social media apps for their own platform. In terms of creating successful standalone apps to compete with their rivals, Facebook actually doesn't have the strongest record. And this is evident in more instances than just their failed standalone TikTok competitor, Lasso. At the same time that Facebook was working on Lasso, they were also working on their version of Pinterest called Hobby, H-O-B-B-I. Their experimentation with Hobby showed that while they may not be masters of creating standalone apps that copy other platforms, they are masters in creating cute one-word names for said apps. Hobby acted as a very bare-bones Pinterest, allowing you to share projects as they developed. Four months after its launch, with less than 10,000 downloads, Facebook shut it down. Poof. This was a standalone app that was inspired by another platform that didn't quite pan out the way that they would have wanted it to. But again, like all of their failed standalone apps, it had a great one-word name. That has to matter for something. Facebook's record of launching successful standalone apps in order to compete with emerging platforms hasn't been too strong. But Facebook's record of copying the popular elements from other social media apps and integrating those into their platforms has been strong. You know when you do your infrequent Facebook check and see your notifications, but none of them are really too relevant to you? Well, in that notification check, you've probably seen on this day which conjures memories from your past years on Facebook. Well, for me, this notification acts as nothing more than a reminder that I should have never been on Facebook in middle school. Others really enjoy seeing their photos and statuses from the past years. I know, I, I don't really get it either. But this was inspired by an app called Timehop, which provided users with the memories of their past posts from Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Within a year of Facebook launching on this day, they were reaching five times the amount of people that Timehop was reaching. They integrated the methods of another social media app successfully into theirs. But in a recent move that holds more resemblance to what we're seeing with Reels, Facebook has recently tried to leverage their Messenger audience in order to create a Zoom competitor called Rooms. No surprise, as in Q2 of 2020, Zoom actually beat TikTok to become the number one most downloaded app. Well, it's too early to know the success of Rooms, looking at the numbers speaks to what can be expected. 
In April, Zoom had 300 million daily participants in meetings. Facebook says that WhatsApp and Messenger has 700 million daily users. It was a prudent decision to integrate rooms for the user base that already existed with WhatsApp and Messenger. After all, this is what Facebook is incredibly talented at doing. But what set the biggest precedent for Facebook's ability to successfully copy another app is seen with none other than Snapchat. And honestly, probably everybody listening to this knows more or less what I'm about to say the function of stories. One of the many ways that I promote this podcast is by posting the link on my Instagram story for my friends and family to see. But if this was, say, 2015, I would be posting this on my Snapchat story. Looking at Facebook's history with Snapchat allows us to see behind the curtain of their evolving strategy, especially when you see the parallels between Facebook's battle with Snapchat and their current battle with TikTok. Facebook's first Snapchat competitor was Poke. Launched in 2012, the app allowed users to send expiring photos and messages to one another. It was an unabashed clone of Snapchat that did not take off. But two years later, in 2014, Snapchat was starting to become one of the most popular apps with middle school, high school age kids across the country. After Snap rejected Facebook's offer to buy the company, Facebook decided that they needed to try again with a standalone competitive app. In 2014, Facebook launched a new competitive app that had a cute one-word name, Slingshot. While not a direct clone of Snapchat, it's clear that they were oh-so-heavily inspired by Snapchat. The app allowed users to send ephemeral photo messages to friends, but in an interesting attempt to say, Guys, it's not a copy of Snapchat, I swear you could only unlock the photo that a friend sends you if you first send a photo to said friend. I don't know how this would ever work, as it would interrupt the flow of conversation that exists with a natural back-and-forth, respond-to-the-given-message nature of Snapchat communications. And others seem to hold this sentiment, as the app failed. Surprise of the century. But since Snap launched the feature in October of 2013, the staple of their platform has become stories. Publicly posted photos and videos that are available for all of your friends to view for 24 hours. For the next three years, users manage their social media accounts as follows. Snapchat is for stories and direct photo communications with friends. Instagram is to post my gorgeously manufactured photos. But in August of 2016, after Facebook failed twice to create their own Snapchat standalone app, they launched their own story feature to exist within Instagram. Luckily, I don't have to be political and skirt around the words copying here, as Instagram's CEO said as much recently, explaining, quote, For a long time, people's profiles were filled with Snapchat links. It was clear people were trying to bridge the two products, so we gave them what they wanted. Classic Facebook adopting the popular features from another social media platform for their app that already has a built-in user base. And this quickly worked. Analytics providers, social media celebrities, and talent managers all told outlets like TechCrunch that since Instagram launched Stories, they had noticed a drastic decline in Snapchat story viewership. Instagram now has 500 million daily users of the story feature, where Snapchat 
has 238 million daily users for the entirety of the app. Instagram's story feature now has twice the users of Snapchat as a whole. To be clear, I'm not saying that Facebook copying or being influenced by other tech is necessarily a bad thing. Hashtags came out of Twitter more than a decade ago. Show me one social media platform that doesn't include hashtags for their user experience. The important takeaway from this podcast is that Facebook doesn't have a stellar record of creating successful standalone apps that are inspired by other social media platforms. What they have proven to be successful at is growing an already established user base seen through Instagram. And from there, finding ways to bring that established user base the elements they love from other social media apps. Of course, allowing their app to further flourish, thus creating a cycle that results in increased daily active users and user engagement. And it's clear that Facebook has learned where their expertise lies and why you probably won't see as many failed standalone competitor apps in the future. When Instagram's head of product was asked what she learned from the failure of Lasso, the original TikTok copy app from Facebook, she said, one of the learnings was that a new standalone app, while flexible, requires you to build an audience. And with 500 million daily active users, Instagram already has an audience. This is why they're clearly a formidable opponent for TikTok. With integrating TikTok capabilities into Instagram, Facebook is using the same strategy they've applied in the past in order to hinder the growth of their competitors while strengthening their own user base. But how will things pan out for the future of the short-form video app space? What's worth considering, and something I've spoken about on past podcasts, is the different personalities that everyone takes on depending on the platform. If my LinkedIn self went to a party and met my Snapchat self, the two would not get along, and a restraining order would likely ensue. But sometimes, these separate social media personalities can perfectly jive. When Instagram adopted stories, it allowed for a merging of your Snapchat story personality with your Instagram personality. Of course, the two personalities weren't too far off. Snapchat stories were for showing the day in your life, and Instagram stories were for showing off just the highlights. The two personalities existing within the same app is more than appropriate. But the personality that's adopted on an app like TikTok is one of somebody that's auditioning to become the next viral star. Users are posting their dances, comedy skits, and more, content that might feel a little bit foreign for the Instagram look at my beautiful life audience. I'm sure many TikTok users would be mortified at the thought of their greater Instagram following viewing their TikTok content. For top stars, I'm sure it would be fine. Integrating their dances and skits into an Instagram feed that generally only features high-quality photos of them living the high life wouldn't be all too weird. But it will be far more awkward for a normal, everyday teenager to use their Instagram account as a way to create and distribute content with the aim of going viral. TikTok was the community where this felt safe. For this reason, I don't anticipate Instagram's adoption of TikTok capabilities being 
as successful as their adoption of stories. Conversely, there's one emerging competitor that I have seen neglected by most who have been writing about this phenomenon. While digital media experts were writing endless articles about Instagram Reels and the standalone competitors such as Triller, they were ignoring the significance to YouTube building out their own TikTok within their platform. This is currently still in development. YouTube is one of the most popular platforms with Gen Z, with the majority of studies showing it as more popular with kids than Instagram or Snapchat. And YouTube revolves around user-created content. While Instagram users go on Instagram to see and post the highlights of their days and interact with their close friends and family, YouTube is for getting content out to an audience that extends far beyond those who you personally know. In many ways, TikTok is just a short-form YouTube. Your Instagram self may not connect too well with your TikTok self, but YouTube as a platform invites users to flex their creative muscles and host content that could go viral, which is essentially the same sell for TikTok. YouTube already owns the market for long-form video, and the overwhelming majority of top TikTok creators are already creating long-form content on YouTube. Charlie D'Amelio, the most followed personality on TikTok, posts twice a month on YouTube with 6.3 million subscribers. Imagine if she could host her short-form, TikTok-style video content within the same platform. Even with all the chatter that exists surrounding the competition to neutralize TikTok and steal the app's massive user base, for all we know, the future could easily be as follows. Microsoft or some other tech giant will buy TikTok and the app will continue to flourish in the United States. The message behind this podcast is not say goodbye to TikTok. The important takeaways of this story are that in order to create a monolithic social media platform, you have to give your user base the popular elements of other social media platforms. The community needs to remain strong. Creating a standalone app that closely mirrors a popular emerging platform will be an uphill battle to success. And no other company seems to now understand this quite like Facebook. This is why whatever emerging social media platform will be on the top of the app charts in 2040, you can safely assume that Facebook will be the most promising competitor to steal said app's user base. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Tube Circuit, exploring digital media.